Hey everyone, before we begin this week, I wanted to let you know we've got a lot of stuff going on, hence the reason we've missed multiple shows lately. We're going to be taking about a month off and coming back, and when we do, we'll be going to a fortnightly schedule. That's every two weeks. Uh, Other than that, this week was pretty much an off-track episode. We didn't really have much to talk about, so we just chatted about things, mostly about sports and politics. And if that's not your cup of tea, we'll go ahead and catch you back in April. Hopefully, we'll see you then. Talk to you later. Bye. on the FBI because it's all BS anyways. No, it's not BS. It's extremely important. Thank you very much. It's freaking BS because freaking law enforcement's full of it. Do you hear that? That's those black helicopters coming to get you. (laughs) That's fine. They can come get me. They can do freaking interrogation, all that stuff. It's not going to get them anything. I'm an open book. A crazy, crazy open book. Hands interrogation is not going to freaking get you anything you couldn't find out on your own. Speaking of enhanced interrogation. Yes, I give hugs. Future President, future President Trump wants to take it up a notch. Future President Trump wants to bomb civilians. Yeah, he wants to kill their families. And apparently bragged about the size of his genitalia during a debate? You actually heard that. Wow. It it, it popped up on Twitter. <laughs> That's pretty amazing, because if anyone is like out of the hemisphere of really getting a lot of that information, it's you. So if you heard about it, that means everyone's heard about it. Yeah, the comment I saw was something along the lines of, you know, back in 2000, the big complaint was that like, everyone was aghast that Gore sighed too loudly while Bush was trying to talk during the debate. And now we have, during the Republican debates, Trump bragging about the size of his genitals. Yeah. I mean... I mean, is that really what he did? Like, I didn't watch the video or anything. He... Yeah, he pretty much did. He didn't literally say it, but he implied the full discussion about the size of his genitalia in comparison to Marco Rubio... And basically tied it all back around on the fact of, you know, Marco Rubio's basically compensating for um, his lack of. So, yeah, that actually happened on live television during a debate. But I'm not surprised. I don't know why everybody's surprised. Why are people surprised? It's like, especially the people that have been watching this train wreck from the beginning. I, I don't understand it. Why the whole, oh, other than the fact of, it's infotainment and you know it's all about the ratings it really has nothing to do with the state of our union freaking country politics anything else it, it's just you know the the part that gets me is there's there used to be this long tradition of people running for public office where they weren't serious about getting elected but they were using it as a stand to either mock or uh satirically comment upon the whole election process and politicians or to push a specific, uh, not agenda, platform, but yeah, well, yeah. more like a specific purpose or cause, like make sure that that got out because they were using essentially their, their campaign as, uh, just talking about their specific, what they were doing activism for essentially, but also just straight up to for, for comedy effect. And it just seems like, 
really just uh, seemed like Trump is running for comedic effect. And unfortunately, he's in the lead. And something is seriously wrong here. Yeah. And I had that feeling in the beginning, and I think a lot of people did. And those people that didn't really take him serious and it's serious are now like, oh, my gosh, I have to reevaluate everything I was thinking before because this is happening. This is really, really happening. I suspect that this election cycle will be a train wreck no matter how it goes. I think it is pretty comical about I, I, I just like when the United States was much smaller. You know, electing a businessman as a politician and possibly even as the president because he was a good businessman, he knew how to talk to people, he had connections all over the world, that kind of thing, made sense. Nowadays, the world is a lot larger, a lot more interconnected, and a lot more complex. And I just, I just question the ability of somebody to just walk in and be a good politician and to be able to do a good job in that kind of arena, regardless of the fact that I think Trump is a bit of a blowhard. And I mean, usually I'm not enthused with most politicians because most politicians, whether they start off being driven by civic duty, it seems that by the time they're deep enough into their political career that they can be running for higher office, they're running to get the office for themselves not necessarily to support, you know, not necessarily for civic duty kind of thing. Yeah, I think the best thing that he's said on um, stage has been his comment about he likes stupid people. That he, he was giving a speech and talking about basically how stupid people are his main base of supporters. <laughs> so he literally in front of a crowd of the people told them they were stupid. And that's America today. You know, the part that I find more fascinating about the whole thing is to think of the... Oh, wait a minute. Stupid people and poorly educated. That was what he said. I think it's more interesting to look at how the different sides of the political spectrum argue at each other and at themselves. And I keep being reminded of... There's a video by CGB Cray. Sorry, I slurred that a little bit by CGP Gray called This Video Will Make You Mad or This Video Will Make You Angry. And in it, he talks about how ideas and concepts act as kind of brain viruses, you know, the general concept of what a meme actually is and how regardless of what that meme is, it thrives when it has something to fight against because it comes in through your, especially when we're talking about these kind of ideas. It thrives on your your anger, your your rage at a concept. And by having something to oppose it, essentially it's competing against other things on its side, not necessarily against things it's fighting against. So if you take your general Republican Democrat, the the Democrat talking point meme isn't competing against the Republican to, uh, talking point meme. It's fighting against other variations of the Democrat talking point meme. It needs the Republican one there as fuel for its fire. And then it gets to a point where essentially it's just a whole bunch of people on one side yelling at each other about the the nastiness of the first side without ever listening to that other side. So essentially you're firing yourself up 
about the other side, but you're really using a straw man or a caricature of the other side. He does a much better bit, explanation of it in the video, but it's many times that's kind of how it feels listening to people talk about to- politics in many ways nowadays is they're talking about the caricature of the other side as opposed to the actual other side. And we get to the point where we're yelling at, you know, we're, we're enraged or we're, we're pissed off of them as this collective ambiguous group as opposed to thinking about the fact that they're actual people who may have some different uh, value judgments than us on some basic things that work up to, to various differences. But they're still people. They still hold most of the same, you know, value judgments that we have. We just have some, you know, general differences, but apparently they haven't been enough to make you leave the tribe, as it were. I think people get a lot angrier than they should, but I also think people hold their leaders to a lot lower standard than they should. I totally agree with you with the whole thing you just said, and I can't even, there's no argument with me on it, and we pretty much have the same viewpoint about it, which doesn't make for very good discussion, but (laughs) at the same time. It's it's the by design on the two party system and how everything's set up to begin with, and you know it's just it's a hot mess. Well, I, I'm I'm coming at it more from like it's my comments spawned from us talking about politics, and politics are easy because you've got the Democrats and Republicans, and yes, there are other parties, but really in America they don't count, right? Because they they get nothing. When it comes to actual general elections, I mean, they, can't, they don't have debates, they don't get invited to anything. There are candidates that are out there that you can vote for and make yourself feel good about having voted for them, but they don't matter. And they don't matter because they try to go for larger elections. If you are a third party, an independent, or libertarian, or something like that, don't try to go for Senate seats, don't try to go for Congress seats, don't try to go for the presidency. Take over your school board, take over your local community, you know, your local government start from the bottom and start getting people all over you know in like like aim for a state like try to get people on like the school board and the county commissions and uh you know local legislature mayors things like that and and start doing well in those areas and then start moving up like start moving into state government and then from there you can move forward but you can't just drop into the general to to like the large-scale general elections because there's too much entrenched work for too much entrenched there for you to work through. But anyways, it's easy enough to talk about this in relation to politics. But I think it has to do with a lot of things. Like anytime you have, especially when you have a smaller number of arguing parties, it's very easy to class the other the the people on the other side of the the argument. And I was going to say debate, but most of the time it's not a debate; it's an argument. It's just people shouting at each other. And it's to classify them as the other, as them, those people. And by doing that, you remove, you make them anonymous. You make it easy for you to hate on them without considering the fact that they're other people, that they're other people that have reasons for believing and acting and thinking the way that they do. And instead of going through and trying to figure out, okay, why are you of that opinion? What brings you to that decision? doesn't mean that I'm ever going to agree with you, right? But that doesn't mean that we can't find common ground in certain other areas and find a way to coexist peacefully instead of just railing at the other people as being those faceless others. That's how sports teams get started. <laughs> yeah, we just need to go back to having like an arena with the whole gladiator fight it out. 
we have that. We have that on many different levels and in many different sports. It's not enough blood. You don't watch UFC, apparently. There's no freaking weapons. You don't really need weapons? You're talking about... So there's the thing of watching people get hurt for the amusement of the crowds. Torn apart by lions. Abused. Broken. Well, that's sports in many ways. And sports can be fun. Sports can be neat to watch. Um, I'm not somebody who's going to sit here and go, oh, ooh, the sports ball, blah, blah, blah. No, you know if you enjoy sports, enjoy sports. I enjoy watching sports every once in a while. I've mostly transitioned to enjoying like esports, but I have nothing against people who enjoy the football, enjoy basketball, enjoy baseball. Not necessarily something that I like, but it's not also something I grew up, so I can't really follow what's going on in them most of the time. Wait, wait a minute. Let's back up for a second. Yes. You enjoy sports? I have watched sports before, mostly like. I, I can sit down and watch almost any sport and get into it and be interested in it uh, for short amounts of time. But for like long periods of like, how's a team doing? What are the different teams? What are the different rules? That kind of stuff doesn't really like there's no sport that's really gripped me and made me follow that. I started to do that with Heroes of the Storm and eSport. But for uh, for like your normal football, baseball, basketball, hockey, uh, golf. Like tennis, I've never enjoyed. I've never really gotten tennis. But you know, there's all sorts of sports out there that you can sit down there and you can go, okay, that's interesting. Not necessarily something that catches me as a fan, but something I can at least go is interesting and be impressed by certain aspects of it. Who are you, and what did you do with Daryl? What? What? Why are you have? Why are you like this? What? What did I do wrong here? I'm teasing you. I know. I just never. You know, your sports watching is probably on the level of which my sports watching is. I'm not that in um you know death into it to the fact of the most people with these stats and oh who's gonna be in the new draft pick and oh it's gonna be a good year this year and oh, i'm wearing my stuff because it's game day and you know and everything like that uh no way to i believe the way to cut it is i can enjoy sports but i am not a fan i am not somebody an enthusiast yeah out about other things. I don't geek out about football or baseball or baseball. My geek stuff completely different area. But there's some people who, whether for whatever reason, like and it's it seems to be very prevalent amongst a lot of geeks, are very proud of the fact that oh I don't watch sports. Blah blah blah. Um, oh look at the dumb sports ball. Ooh who who. You know what? That's stupid. To hate on other people because of things they enjoy. Especially things they enjoy that I was going to say that don't harm other people, but then you hear all the stories about the concussions and the damage that people get to them, you know, playing these different games and stuff and all the different problems that come out of it. Leaving that aside and a legal voluntary. Right, right. Well, you know, they, they might go on that tangent, but then it's like, but do you watch competitive gaming and can go on on hours about you know, last year's Pokemon freaking tournament or, you know, the latest E3, whatever RPG gaming and know exactly the top, you know, gamers and the top gamer teams and everything else and stuff. And it's like, okay. Almost everybody's an enthusiast about something. Some of those people just have larger groups than others. Dang. Then there's probably something wrong with me because maybe it's just attention. I just 
long periods of time. Like I'll get intrigued on things. I might watch it for a few minutes or kind of like window shop it, I guess. I don't know how to put it, but you know, and then move on. Uh, I don't really reject upon anything. I might flick through and stop on a channel or scope in the net. You, might look you at are an enthusiast but... of one of the oldest sports in the world. Which one? Politics is a social sport. People um, divvy up into teams yeah. and they go at one another. That's true. You enjoy that competition. But I'm not a, but I'm not a fan of any one team or anything. You're an enthusiast of the I'm sport. I'm a spectator as heck on it, though. Yeah, you're right. Okay, you got me. I mean, we just classify sports as ones because people get paid to essentially play what we think of as a game. Crap, they get paid in politics. Freaking basically a game. Exactly. You know, who's going to run the playground or the classroom or something like that? So, I mean, the politics ones can have a much larger repercussion than a sports game. So in that thought, right? So the way they do it now, uh, because I know you don't watch a lot of television, even in the way they show on um, these infotainment news channels and stuff, all of them, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, whatever, you name it, they do it. They literally, it looks like ESPN when they show, uh, and as far as the boxing that they put up with the candidate in it and the stats and, and showing the scroll on the bottom when as the talent is coming out and updates on the scores of, you know, voters or whatnot and stuff like the breakout boxes of all the different commentators and stuff and how they're talking and everything. It's literally like watching ESPN during, you know, football season on how they do it now. And that, I really don't like as much. And I really haven't been able to get into um, this election season as I have before. Like, yeah, I used to watch all the debates and and uh, and stuff like that. This season, no, I haven't because there's no debates. It's a bunch of people standing up at a podium, not talking about anything of any kind of freaking essence of what's actually current going on whatsoever. It's literally the Donald Trump show on all of them. And even on the other side of the aisle, they're still talking about the same thing. Everybody's talking, all the questions are directed to him, all the stuff. He doesn't answer any questions or anything. There's no substance, you know, of any kind of platform whatsoever. All I know is the dude wants to build some kind of wall and make Mexico pay for it. That that's all I that's all I know, and possibly, you know, keep Muslim uh, Muslims from immigrating or Syrians from immigrating into this country for a while. He says a while, but whatever, and deporting billions of people. That's all I know. I don't know anything else. I know that everybody else, if they get a chance to talk or anything, you know, anything, it's of course dark hits at the other side. The usual gays, Planned Parenthood because of abortions. Yeah, you know, freaking the economy, but no actual financial plans whatsoever. And to listen to them talk about that to begin with, and I'm like, well, majority of you are already in leadership positions where if you really wanted to do something about any of those things, you're in the Senate, you're in the House, do something. That's where the power is. Becoming president is not going to change anything about that. When you're already in a position and in a place, 
where you can actually affect legislations, rules, and and everything else to change policies to actually affect those things that you claim you're so freaking passionate about. Which is why a Marco Rubio or Ted Cruz and stuff, to me, I just kind of go deaf and I don't hear anything that they're saying. But that's just me. Did I ramble about my non-passion about the sport of politics? You're thinking. I had a couple of concepts that popped in my head, but then you kept talking and I forgot them. <laughs> it just it just floated away. Yeah, pretty much. Come back, thoughts. Come back. So I guess one of the things it comes down to is if I wanted to look at this kind of in the, the, the concept of what our show is supposed to be, it's like, how do you interact and deal with something that everybody is, you know, that everybody... I say everybody in generic sense, but whatever is interested in to one degree or another, you know, politics, sports, general tomfoolery, as it were. (laughs) Some has larger, you know, repercussions and some are more viscerally felt, but all said and done, I like, yeah, I don't necessarily follow politics much. (sighs) I came to the opinion that we get the kind of leaders that we ask for. I've kind of hit this level of not necessarily nihilism, but screw it all kind of thing where it's, I can go out and I can push for one candidate and I can follow all the bits and pieces, but all it's really going to do is incense me and irritate me because they have become very good at knowing how to manipulate the human mind. Like what most people, what, what on average links onto a human brain and makes them react. So it's, I don't need to talk to you. I need to talk to the people. It's like, I'm not debating you. I'm just pushing my message to the crowd. And instead of me answering the questions that I get asked, I will immediately steer them off into the points that I want to keep hammering. Instead of trying to find a constructive way past like obstacles or whatever, it becomes things like, oh no, we're just not going to, you know, we're not going to acknowledge the discussion at all. I'm just going to go right back to my talking points. And the thing is, is I can sit there and I can complain and I can whinge about it, but it works. If it didn't work, they wouldn't spend millions of dollars doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's a question of how far can they push their message. And in any given election cycle, where are your, you know, I hate to say moderates, but where are your, persuadables are they leaning at that election cycle to you know one candidate side or to another candidate side because the people who care about these things tend to be already on one side or the other and those are your static blocks that never change and so i just hit this point of eh, what, what am i going to do sit here and rage and argue about the whole thing and follow all the debates and just get annoyed at, you know, how not not even necessarily what they're saying, but the fact that they're they're not debating. They're just yelling their points out. I, I find most of it to be inane babble to begin with. Instead of just, you know, making my life worse, I don't worry about it most of the time. Because unless they do something that angers me or frustrates me to the point of wanting to leave the tribe. For all lack of, for, for for lack of a better term, because I always consider it in the terms of I am a part of a tribe, and until the tribe's 
morals and how they do, you know, how they approach life and how they, you know, do business and things like that become so egregious that I can no longer countenance being a part of that tribe and I leave to either form my own or in the modern day go to another tribe, aka the infamous, I'm gonna migrate to Canada um, kind of stuff. Until that happens, I can do my best to either guide the tribe where I want it to go, but our tribe is so large and so few people care and we're in, already entrenched in other positions that I don't feel like I can I can substantially, substantially move it in any one direction or another. So one of those I feel very disenfranchised. And at that point, I just give up. I hear that in what you're saying, too, on uh, the whole leaving a tribe thing, which I hear a lot of. And, you know, I usually follow back later on when exactly what some people don't want to happen happens. And I'm like, you're still here? I thought you were going to Canada. Eh? I did hear that Canada's immigration site has gotten hammered of late. Yeah, uh, they were showing the uh, ticks on uh, Google for searches for how to immigrate to Canada. And then it didn't help that the Canadians like actually posted up something about you know, uh, allowing Americans to come in if Trump is uh, elected. And it, this is not a country that's easy to um, immigrate over to, you know, regardless of what people think. You can't, this is not the Underground Railroad. You just can't cross the border and, you know, and be like, I'm a Canadian now and they're going to let you stay. It, it's a country just like any other country. There are rules <laughs> to how you do this. So, you know, if anything, y'all start doing that, they might start building a wall. Make America pay for it. Mmm. Walls. Coming from a person that lives in a gated community. Have you seen, uh, oh, what is it, the the most un-American image? And it's uh, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, wearing this pink shirt behind, in front of this rainbow flag, doing a little heart with his hands. <laughs> what is it again? It was like somebody Googled for most un-American image and it's the Canadian prime minister doing a little heart with his hands in front of like this rainbow wall wearing a pink shirt. Because, you know, I'm trying to find that now. I'm like, where is it? Oh, you're going to have to send that to me. That's funny. I Googled that and what I ended up getting was a picture of Darth Vader carrying Jesus with the twin towers and troubles behind him and an American flag. I feel all kinds of ways about that. I'm sorry. I was a little off. Give me a second. Oh, wow. There's a couple of them, but that, Oh, here. Okay. This is the one I was thinking of once again, proving the fallibility of human memory. I'll put it in the, the dingus, the pink background with him with the heart and yeah. the white shirt that got people in the outrage. No, it was more people commenting. Oh, he's a slightly attractive man. We're going to elect a guy that has a bird's nest on his head. I find it to be low commentary to argue about Trump's comb over. Oh, you think that's actual hair? I think it's actual hair. Oh, hair of what? I'm not saying whose, and I'm not saying how it's attached. (laughs) Okay. It's a signature, you know? Yeah, but... To me, that's ad hominem at the at the lowest level. Oh, you're dumb because you look dumb. No, if you want to target women, women, I never said any of that. So you can't go there. Never said he was dumb. Never said he was dumb because he looked dumb. I just strictly made a comment about the hair being a bird's nest, for which his thoughts come from. 
I just added that. Funny stuff. I think it was Family Guy uh, a couple years ago did an episode where uh, Trump was running for president or something. He wins or whatever. And like the father was like staring into it and he ended up getting sucked in. There was a whole world going on in there, like an alternate universe. Okay. That was random. Uh, the send-off. I see you have an iOS app. Is it an iOS or a Mac app? Um, it's on uh, iPad and iPhone. I don't, I don't think they have one for um, not Mac. But, you know, in the topic when we were discussing um, different things about politics and uh, stuff, I was thinking on, well, what? how do I geek that up on how I end up looking at and tracking some of those things? You know, a lot of people download a bunch of different sports apps when it comes to how they track and keep up with sports and what the current score is and who the new draft picks are, making their own dream drafts and all that other stuff they do. What's, what's the other one uh, where they bet? whatever and get the office pools going and stuff it's apps fantasy football yeah, apps for all that stuff and there's also a whole bunch of ones with politics too and one of the ones that um i actually uh initially liked and it was kind of using for a while i just kind of use it for updates now on um uh, different things that congress is passing and uh some of the legislation and who actually signed it and who didn't is uh accountable um, it allows you to not only track the update current legislation and stuff and what's going on in the Senate and the House and stuff the president's going on, but also be able to see based upon track record on every senator and representative and stuff, local and your uh, federal uh, legislations and stuff, what they're voting on, how they normally vote on these things, um, what their standpoints are based upon their record. And you can line it up with your own, too, if you put your own um, political viewpoints and stuff in there so that that way you could filter out and see, are they going along in the same direction you are, if this is somebody you voted for? And then it also allows for a way for you to quickly, too, be able to contact them and actually speak directly to your representative or senator, um, either by calling, emailing, you know, drafting up your letter to mail later, faxing, whatever, them to be like, hey. Why are you voting that way? Or, hey, you better vote this way, whatever. But, you know, it allows for um, an easier way to keep up with those things without having to sift through and do a, a crap ton of research and also trying to interpret most of the stuff that they write, which always has a lot of embedded things in it, kind of does a lot of that work for you. So Accountable is my contribution to being able to geek up a little bit for those that do the politics as a sports, apparently like I do what they're all saying. So um, I, I like the app. I think it's a really well made out. It's, it's um, visually it's appealing and I mean, it's, and it's really easy to use. Yeah. And it also has a little area in there for um, updated current news and different things that are going on um, based upon your state, your local your legislators or federal whatnot and the president, all that stuff. So Check it out. Good app. Countable. Uh, on your comment about it, it helps you like set up a way to contact your Congress critters or your legislature or whatever. I will say that from everything I've heard, emails are kind of like background noise. They help kind of set like a background like base, but they don't really mean much. 
physical written letters mean much more and phone calls mean the most. So if you're serious and you actually you know, want to make sure that your Congress critter or whatever hears what you're saying, phone calls are your best option. Yeah, you're going to have to sit on probably a phone tree and you're going to have to sit on hold and you'll get brusque uh, customer service as it were. But if you want to have your best chance of your voice being heard and making a difference, phone calls are probably your best. Yeah, you know, and if you... Well, showing up in person to their office is oh, your yeah. best Showing bet, up is but... always the best option. Don't do like the guy from Florida and fly your little plane and land it in the Capitol lawn. Um, but yeah, showing up is always the best. The next one would be actually writing a physical letter and mailing it, which is usually what I do um, for things that I am passionate about or want to get my voice said about. And I always end up getting letters or um, calls back. If you belong to any kind of organization or group or anything, um, you know, doing it at the same time that they're all doing it when you if y'all lock up and tie up their lines is always great. Um, the other thing is um, when I'll throw in there, the faxes are actually a big deal too. locking up and shooting out on <laughs> their faxes and tying up their faxes um, actually gets their attention also. But yeah, and you and you most likely will get passed over and get in the, you know, one of their little staffers or something will answer phone whatnot, but still speak to the staffer and make sure you're very clear about what it is you want to say. And then if you get an answer machine or something, leave a message, call back and leave another message and then call back and leave another message. Believe it or not, that stuff actually does work against their attention, but they love the letters. They love the physical letters more so than the emails. That's because they can hold those up in a, uh, in a meeting going, I got all these yep. letters. They sure do. And those like chain, those like move on petitions and tweets and stuff are pretty much useless. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only one that actually it really does any good is the uh, ones that the uh, White House actually started. But mind you, he is only going to acknowledge and respond after they get so many. I can't remember what the number is now. But um, so many people to sign the petition or whatever it is. It's like 75,000 or some crap like that. And even then, it's not that they're going to do anything about it. It's just that they will acknowledge essentially the existence of the request and make some kind of response to the request. Exactly. But for the letters that I've actually sent directly to the White House and to his office, I've actually have received back directed letters in reference to exactly what it is. And I know they only pick so many a day. Uh, that they hand to him to read. So to have actually gotten two back is actually a pretty good statistic. I think it's 10 they give him a, a day uh, that they pick from, from all the ones, uh, probably millions that they get or whatever, thousands. I don't know how many people actually do this anymore, but yeah, you know, you get a letter and you're like, oh, I feel like I've been acknowledged and heard. The system works. And uh, for those of you who want, uh, who don't spend as much attention on all this, I'm going to recommend Plex. Plex is a media server that you run on your computer. You essentially point at your iTunes library or folders where you've got all your movies and your televisions, television shows and your music files, and you set up different libraries, and then you can access it from a web browser or you can access it from like an Apple TV or a Roku. And it gives you an easy way to get your content accessible on your phone or on your television if you can... You can get it set up to where if you've got, you know, decent uplink, you know, uh, you can, you know, if you've got a Plex Pass, you can go get it from 
outside of your house. There's like, I'll give a couple of references in the show notes to people who go into heavy depth on like setting up Plex and the different things you can get out of Plex and Plex pass and all that kind of stuff. But I just set it up again on the new computer I built and it's currently rebuilding all of its libraries. And I still really like Plex. I think it's a great way for managing media and all in all, it's a joy, especially if you enjoy watching, you know, if you've got a whole bunch of like movies and television shows that you've saved as uh, on, saved on your computer for stuff. But yeah, Plex, give it a look. There's a couple of other options out there. There's like alternative Plex. There's one called like Cody. There's a couple other ones, but I've found Plex to work very well for me and uh, I highly recommend it. So that's pretty much all we've got to for today. It was a little bit of a different show. But uh, we had some stuff on our mind with everything that's going on in the U.S. right now. And uh, I hope at least it was interesting for everyone. Um, if you got something to say, let us know. You can hit us up on Twitter. We're at FacetFM on the Twitters. You can also get a hold of us through the contact form on our website, facet.fm. If you want to hit me up directly, I'm at Barbarian Geek, And I'm at Development Nerd. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll talk to you later. Peace.